this is the flight of the podcast in association with the BFG podcast. Today we are here to talk about Wellington Phoenix men versus Adelaide United and Wellington Phoenix women versus Perth Glory. Who would like to start us off? <laughs> so Denise saw, uh, Denise doesn't, doesn't normally watch the men's matches, but she said she saw the moment. <laughs> Would you like to tell us your impression of the moment in the men's game, Denise, having not being somebody who normally watches the men's game? Oh, I just, I, I just felt bad for them. Like, he went in line, he beat the keeper, right? And then he tried to sort of dunk it in from the side. And, you know, like, professional football players get paid a lot of money, don't they? Yeah. I mean, the men get paid a lot of money. And he just... It, it just didn't go in the goal. I mean, I can't even remember. Did it go off the post? I, it, it just didn't, that, yeah. yeah, that was, you know, even I saw that and felt bad for the Knicks on that one. But it, I don't think it mattered. Didn't they get demolished anyway? They, they lost, I think it was 5-1. But at the time, it would have brought us back into the game, I think. So, ah, okay. But, but if you ever watch the replay, watch don't, don't watch Costa. There's a close-up where you tend to see the crowd behind him and the looks on their faces even though it's a humiliation for us is just just amazingly funny just the the looks of horror and then delight it's it's just worth watching just that for that <laughs> i love those crowd shots of like <laughs> i think i will find the replay and watch the crowd shot yeah it's just put put it this way it's like the um, um the woman <laughs> missing a whole lot of shots, as we'll talk about shortly, but on a lower level. They didn't miss as many. They missed less, sorry. It it was a bizarre game in that a lot of the times, if you know, if you didn't see the score, a lot of times you'd say, look, Phoenix are doing well, they're on top, and they're sort of dominating and stuff. But again, it's all about taking your chances or not. And the, the, the first two goals were gifts to Adelaide, and Adelaide are a very, very good team, and you can't just give them an own goal and then a really soft goal from 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 your keeper or through your keeper. Um, yeah, they're a team that's sort of playing themselves in a lot of form. They're looking very strong, and their attack, when you compared, you know, well, they've scored five times, we had to score from a penalty. Um, so their attack was just spot on. Made made most of it, most most of the chances that they got where we just squandered a lot. I think we were missing Zavada, to be honest. Um, he's on baby watch. I don't know whether the baby has been born yet. Um, and there's no match this weekend because of the international break. But um, I think we we missed that clinical finisher that we've been enjoying all season. But they kind of played into our hands by scoring first. You obviously know that when we score first, we tend to sort of go on to lose. So um, we gave ourselves every chance by letting them score first. I, uh, One thing I learned group about chat, watching yeah. Costa when he got subbed off, I wouldn't have been surprised if he tried to sit down in that chair and miss. It was just just not not his day. And Alex Rufa taking the penalty as well. That's fine when you make it three one, but do you do you shush the crowd when you score the penalty to make it three one? That was kind of a little bit. Mm. One thing I noticed is life. Um, Craig Goodwin is a beast as usual. Yeah, he's magnificent. Yep. 
Um, so we just didn't play well in general, like so many missed shots. Um, we dominated yeah. massive parts of that game. Yeah, we dominated like, we sh Shocking first, what, 15 minutes. The rest of the first half, like we absolutely should have been level. We should have been yeah. back in that so game. We'll... If Costa had squared that ball to Crave, which would have been a tap in, we would have been 2 1. And that's a whole different thing psychologically. But it was embarrassing to fall apart, especially because it's so tight in the finals race right now. So tight. That goal difference is going to matter. It's really going to matter. And so to have conceded five bloody goals, goal difference of minus four, we're going to pay for that. We're going to pay for that. I'm worried. Agreed. Not really much to talk about it. And then there's because it was like 5-1, but Adelaide played really well. I'll give credit where credit due. Yep. Yeah, they're a really good side. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the title again. They're, they're good. They've, they've got the attack to do that. I was a bit terrified when Nestor um, Aaron Kunda came on because he's, you know, he's this brilliant young guy. What is he, 17, something like that? Still in school absolutely incredible player still has a lot of growing to do but he's absolutely terrorized other teams in the last you know this whole season and so he came on and i thought oh no like who, who is going to look after him but we managed he got one shot that went to into the right. side of the net and that was it i was very relieved he's incredible it's again certainly Sad indictment of your team that um, you know the positives that you're taking uh, that uh, we <laughs> we lost five one but Erikunda didn't score so they're <laughs> a good point. Sorry. Thinking Jim. about thinking yeah thinking about Adelaide in the finals. If Adelaide go get through, do they get? Um, is there where would the where would the final be? Would Adelaide have a home final if they've happened to fall that way, or is are we back in that Sydney conundrum? So the final, the preliminary finals before the grand final, those will be at their sort of traditional home ground advantage, who placed where on the ladder at the end of the season. But the grand final, no matter who who has earned it, will be in Sydney. They're doing that two-leg away semi again. They're doing that home away semi thing. Because, um, you know, I have... On the listening to the um, another podcast, the um, was it the massive dub podcast? You know, when they were saying that when Adelaide had, and somebody else had a home final a couple of years ago, like I think it might have been Perth or something, like the whole city just went bonkers, like and it was just full and football energy in the city was just overflowing and huge. And it's like, man, you would love to see that happen again outside of Sydney, nothing against Sydney, but. Well, I'm not offended. There's plenty to feel against Sydney. <laughs> I live here. So, um, uh, what else can we say? Anything else about the men? Or shall we just go straight to the woman? Yep. Flush the handle, turn the door. Spray the spray. The... Let's talk about the women's game. Okay, straight to the woman then. So, um, one thing I want to quickly touch on before, after this, uh, because it's a, oh, we'll do it after. 
Um, so um, they they lost. Uh, they lost one nil, and they couldn't score either. But it was even worse. They had so many chances, but they could not score. So, so I didn't see the, I didn't get to see the game, but I did see the messenger chats that were going on among this group, and there was some very upset, irate, and frustrated messages from a few people in this group going, "Why can't we just get the ball and the goal?" And I think that pretty probably describes the afternoon and how it went. I actually wasn't in the group, so don't look at me on that one. Um, but it was frustrating. It was, um, they had us the first 20 minutes. They really did. They came out storming. And uh, and the coach afterwards said, hey, we focused on that. We focused on a very fast start. And, and unfortunately, our women looked a little um, jittery. Asleep. Yeah, a little bit of all of that. Um, just a little bit frazzled, like, oh, my God, they're coming really hard at us right now. And um, they controlled – at the in the beginning, they controlled the midfield. But we had the flanks, but the midfield, we lost that war at the beginning. Um, you know, the flanks look good. I mean, Satchel was flying down. She had what I thought was a very good game and put in some good crosses. Um, a bit like the Indonesians, they look sensational, but they just couldn't score. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, the goalkeeper was... had a really, really good game. Like she put up some absolutely stunning saves. But it is frustrating still that we just just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And the, apparently, uh, there was an article or a comment that had been made that the Phoenix women need to find their Zavada, their Oscar yeah, Zavada. And, and I was just thinking, why yeah. can't we have Jale? Like, yeah. we gave away our Zavada. Jale is still the highest scoring player ever in this team, and she hasn't even played for us this season. Yeah. I may be beating a dead horse. Like, it, it's done. We don't have Jale right now. But, uh, yeah, we, we just need someone to put the ball on the back of the net. Exactly. If you notice a lot of those shots as well, and Holly, you called it out in the group chat, they weren't powerful. They were perhaps in the right direction, but there was no power behind them, so they just sort of simply dribbled to the keeper and she snapped them up. And, uh, you know, you, you want somebody who can do a turn or a power shot like Jale, or I've made a note there. If we could have someone from the midfield who could just bomb a couple in from outside with a bit of strength and power, I think that's what we're lacking as well. Just yeah. just quietly um, over in the NPL through the opening rounds, um, Bree's sister, Siobhan, is having a bit of a cracker of a season. And Bree put a thing up on Insta today going, oh, my, you know, Siobhan's doing great. And I messaged, I was like, can Siobhan come to the Knicks next year? Because we need an out-and-out -out goal scorer. Yeah, we, we definitely do. We need a proven goal scorer where it's, you know, like everyone else is sourcing them from America. But if we can get them from... Bankstown, all the better. Yeah. Well, the thing is that these other, a lot of these goal scorers, they're imports. They're imports, and mostly from the States. They're importing a striker from the States, and we have not been in a position to import any position. 
So let me get so let me get on to this then because this is what I was reading. So apparently, according to uh, Philip Rollo, they're looking to they are highly considering looking to um, use one of their what one of their Kiwi spots for an import spot next year because they can do uh, next season rather because they can do that. They've always been allowed to do that. But they've had, they've always had to sacrifice a Kiwi a spot. Now, due to the fact that they they haven't been able to score, they are look, looking at this to grab their own Sawada. Um, yeah. Now, what would everyone think about this? Would you rather um, would you sacrifice a Kiwi? I would. We we yeah. talked both Gemma Lewis and Natalie Lawrence about points. I don't know if you guys remember, but I was pretty persistent. I'm like, can we get someone? They're like, no, no, no. We we want to develop the Kiwis, and I'm like, cool, develop the Kiwis. But the Knicks have to sell tickets, and you can sell tickets when you win. And I'm all for developing Kiwis, but there has to be a balance there. That, frankly, their business. And and yeah. the popularity of the sport, and um, you know, Western United got Jess McDonald, and Jess McDonald was hungry to see if she can get on the U.S. roster, and just make a name for herself in the off season. And she did. It didn't quite get her back on the U.S. roster, but she did have fun. She did earn some money, and she did um, get that team up to the top. And she's back with Louisville now. So that that is painful when those those people leave, but it does leave behind a winning record. Yeah, and that does uh, yeah. Looking at and looking at Western Sydney Wanderers season, you know they brought in the um, young lady from the Philippines, and she turned their season around halfway through. I mean, she's kind of gone a little bit off, not had quite the same success the whole way through. But we don't necessarily need to look to the US, but it is the imports that have that next level ability to put the ball in the net. And Hannah Keane at United shows that as well. And Rojas in Melbourne, you know, like these are import players. They have the quality that qualities that we need. We have. I think people can learn from that too. I mean, yeah. you know, just developing in your own little bubbles it's okay, but you really like someone who is a pro and has done it. I mean, these these they are valuable in and of themselves um, as teachers. And you know, you, you watch the way they work out. You watch, you know, the way they look at tape. You know, you you learn from them. And um, you know, I remember Natalie Lawrence just jokingly say, "Well, if we could get Tobin Heath, we'd do it." But you know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people between what we have and Tobin Heath, and. <laughs> And heck, Tobinith didn't wasn't playing much. I mean, maybe they could have tried to get her, but there there are a lot of people who want to go and make their name for themselves in professional football um, that the A League can and does attract. And and the Knicks should just I think they should go for it. The we second part, the second part, but very similar. Uh, are you guys surprised that they're finally considering giving it and giving up one of their Kiwi spots? Are you surprised? Because I was quite surprised when I read the article. I don't know what the rules were with, because I know that some of the funding 
has come from New Zealand football. I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know whether there were agreements about, you know, the makeup of the squads and things like that. So I, it's really hard to know what's happened in the background. So whether the, there has been a change. There can be a change in season three. So the, the rule that is public as of this reporting is if they want an international import, they must give us a Kiwi spot. For an Australian, I would agree. But they had to give up a personally, yeah. Personally, I've got no issue with it because if we're looking at Kiwis who are strikers, Hannah Wilkinson is already taken in Melbourne. Ava Collins is playing in the US. She doesn't want it. She's not necessarily going to come back and play for the Knicks. So really, we that our stocks of out and out strikers, and as far as New Zealand goes, and people who are at that level, is pretty thin. So we do need to bring someone in. So you're saying, Jonathan, that you'll be happy to sacrifice somebody? Yeah, man, I want to, I want to see us winning games. I want to see us in the top four. I want to see the Knicks as contenders. If that means we have to drop a Kiwi player, so be it. Yeah, I think the rules should be changed, by the way. I think we should be able to drop an Aussie player, but, you know. You can, you well, can, just using Kiwi as an example. We had... I think the stats were 38 balls into the opposition penalty box. We had 60% of you know, possession in their half. You get a quality strike from overseas. You know, you get that many sort of um, things to turn into shots and goal. You're going to score goals. And we just weren't doing it in the game. So what there the was, space I guess. I think I noticed. Um, sorry, Blake, yeah. go ahead. So what the space, I guess, is all I'm going to say, what's going to say. Um, anything else from you, Dean? I was going to say, I know yeah, there were, I think, three occasions where Mickey R got the ball in the penalty area, crossed to her, and it ended up twice, I think, was passed backwards out of the penalty area to a Perth player. And the other one went back to our um, defenders at halfway. So... I, I guess at that time she had no one in the, in the penalty area to pass to, or things were blocked. But yeah, there was sort of a lot of disappointing turnovers. I think there yeah. were a lot of turnovers all over the pitch that I yeah. was surprised by. You know, given the quality that they had before. Um, I will give fair credit. Their goals, their setup for their goal was really good. It was and very well done. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a bit of a um, nerd for pictures. Considering all that wind and rain we had over here last week, that new pitch looks really good. I know a bit random, but it does. Um, yeah. So just, so just... Yeah, so just stepping sideways, Friday night, I did manage to get to watch some football, and it was Adelaide versus Newcastle, and it's the only time I've ever wished that there would be a draw, and thank goodness it happened, because Newcastle got the draw, they're still within one point of the Knicks, and if we get some, was it two points? Yeah, we um, wanted them to lose, we redid right, right, right. them to lose. Oh, right. So, but we're still, we're within striking distance of getting off the bottom of the table if things go our way. And this week we play Newcastle. Oh my God, this is like, this is like, the, oh, 
it could be, you know, even more nervous than the first game of the whole season. Yeah, this one's huge. Huge game. Yeah. I mean, they should still be motivated because this is actually the right team to play at the end of the season, you know, at this point. Because if they can get ahead of them, then they have a little bit momentum and they can, like, pat themselves on the back. But these players got to be tired. I mean, this is a – this is – this is a season that is, again, has been a difficult season around getting points. I kind of feel like last season, even as a fan, was just kind of entirely running on adrenaline. And I figured that's not how you could make it function this season. So I'd, I would be tired. I'd be tired after the first season. I was tired during the first season as a fan. I'd... I don't know what the I don't know what the morale is or how how they've sort of kept it together this season, considering how different last season was. But they have to be exhausted, and the fact that we're still at the bottom of the table uh, is really um, and it is it's football. But it's disappointing that we're not scoring more goals. Um. Now, there was a um, sorry, Blake. Sorry, Blake. There was a photo at the end of the game with everyone in the huddle, and there's a photo. There's actually two, and there's like you can see Chloe's face, and she's just absolutely distraught, like broken as a player. And then there was another one I saw today, and there was a Saskia who didn't make the play the the game day squad in the stand by herself, and you could just see, you could just feel the emotion and just the disappointment, like oh. So, I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Holly. I don't know how Nat and the coaching team are going to keep their energy lifted, but they've got to, this is like really the big, deep part of the season where they've really got to just find that little extra something. Um, they have a little bit of news on Newcastle. They announced a new, a new code for next season today. They announced that. Is it Gary Van Evron? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, mm -hmm. so he's staying. He's been the caretaker coach for a couple of rounds now. He'll be the coach for the upcoming season. Um, New, uh, Newcastle. And I believe... What's interesting with that... Sorry. But what, what, yeah. sorry. What's interesting with that is that Newcastle has some US imports, but they haven't had the greatest season. So imports aren't always the key. Yeah, they've got like Cannon. I think they've got three or four. So it doesn't always pay off. So if the if the Knicks are going to bring in someone who's an import, they really need to hit their straps and be on their game. Yeah, they just have to put up those one hundred percent New Zealand ads. I don't know. <laughs> Do you get them in New Zealand? Because they are just all over California. You know, like New Zealand is a beautiful place to come, and they just need to like tap on that. Like they're they're. Like, people do want to come here. So I don't think they're going to have a problem drawing talent, particularly with, you know, you know the beautiful facilities that they train at. Um, it, it's, it's not a podunk kind of thing, uh, putting it all together. It's just doing it, you know, like recruiting it, getting out there. You know, you have to the, – the sweet spot for a lot of these players is – they're 21, 22, 23. They just came out of university. They're not getting playing time in the NWSL. 
um, you know, we've had some incredible athletes in, in the A-League that, ha- that are on the national team right now uh, in the U.S. So it's just you, you literally have to do your homework the way that any, any other NWSL team would do their homework. You know, so you, you need some brains there looking at this. And um, so it's, it's, it, you can't just grab people based on like a reel they send you. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone has any more information, but I believe the Newcastle coach is the first ever coach to coach a man and a woman's side in, in the same club, or even a man and a woman's side. So that's pretty cool. If anyone's got a correction, though, and I'm wrong, I do apologise. So Rado Vidasic was coaching the City woman. And he's now the city men okay, so coach. And I think that's ongoing, but that does happen a lot. You're right. Um, so it's, it's, it doesn't happen a lot. You're right, was what I was saying. But it, it is, it's good to see him go the other way, actually, as well. Because often the women's team is seen as a bit of a stepping stone. You know, oh, I want to coach the men's team and this is a stepping stone to get there. So it's actually nice to see someone go the other way. Hey, Dean, where do you think Uffie would go, switching over and taking and coaching the, the next women's team? I, I think he'd go all right, actually. Oh. Yeah. Uh, probably less swearing, maybe. <laughs> You'd have to learn. But, yeah, we, we had some feedback. Yeah, look, they had a, a really good... assistant coach. I'm cool with that. They had a, a training session where Chris Greenacre came and trained with them uh, once uh, earlier in the season. The feedback was... It was really, really positive. It was great. They learned a lot. So to have someone like that involved would be would be terrific. So Wolfie, mm, but having uh, Greeny, yes, I'd, I'd, I'd go for Greeny as, a, as an assistant coach. As we wind this down, does anyone have any other comments about anything that they want to share? We Do we want to talk about the expansion um discussion oh, or oh, shall right. we leave that for another time all oh, right um we can quickly touch on it so the a league are looking at doing uh canberra men's and auckland uh, men so what does everyone think about that just quickly i think auckland's men's and women's uh oh both sorry yeah uh, yes and uh, I'm excited for the scope and the the, the additional pull uh, for, for players both in New Zealand and Australia to get over to to actually sort of play. So the more teams, the more the more players you need, the better opportunities for everybody. The only thing that concerns me is like the financial viability, or not necessarily the financial viability, but the um. Uh, the footballing viability, like the last two expansion teams were poorly chosen. It seems to be the consensus that was the MacArthur men and the Western United men. I think I think Western United is on the right track. MacArthur, I'm less sure about. Um, but there were sort of a lot of clubs that would have been interested that missed out. They were interested. They missed out for these sort of out of nowhere teams that haven't actually done very well because there's already two teams in those cities. So I am a little bit worried that you'll be cannibalising the New Zealand market 
you know, if you if you were to get a whole bunch of new fans to support Auckland, whatever it is, instead of cannibalising Wellington Phoenix fans, otherwise you've just you've just not got enough people. Um, I think Canberra will be viable. Um, they've already got a women's team, and it sounds like the women's club would be happy to have the men's team as part of their club. Um, I heard that on Dub Zone when they interviewed the Canberra United, one of their board members. So, no, maybe it was Capital Football. I'm not sure. Anyway, um, so that they have an in infrastructure there to build on, but for Auckland, I, I don't know how that's going to work with um, the Knicks sort of being the club currently. Two big, two big points from me. So from, for me, um, Natalie Lawrence said in her press conference that if they want to add an Auckland woman, they're going to have to lift those restrictions that we were discussing earlier. Mm -hmm. she, she felt that that was the only way they were to be viable. And, um, and from a football growth point of view, it's going to be amazing to have a Kiwi derby over here. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'd love to be at one of those. Hey, um, yeah. Someone's done some market research, right? You, you don't just invest in a, in a ton of money and a, a team without some research behind it. So I'm going to have faith that there's a market in Auckland um, to handle this and, and to have a women's team. And I am freaking thrilled. <laughs> like, I'm a Wellington Phoenix fan, right? But it's great to have another option in New Zealand. New Zealand needs professional women's sports across the board. I am thrilled. You guys can kind of go, but I, I'm, I'm happy. Listen, I, 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 yes, go ahead, Jonathan. Here's my two cents worth. One, I'm with Holly. I think the financial part is hard. The A-League have said that the initial setup is $25 million. I reckon the actual, by the time you get established and everything, it'll be more like $50 million. I don't know how many people in New Zealand have got $50 million to, to um, spend on a professional soccer club. Second thing, and this is a more interesting thing, I think the cultural and ethnic diversity that exists in Auckland may lend itself to different people coming and watching an Auckland team. So, for example, the Auckland Tuatara that play baseball, like professional baseball, have a lot of Korean and Japanese people behind them. So I think if any professional team in football sets itself up in Auckland, it needs to have a different, it would need to market itself differently to get those cultures and ethnicities coming along. Otherwise, as you say, they're cannibalising the same people that support it now. Um, I, and just one more thing, Hamilton is now only 45 minutes from Auckland, so it's, they, they easily have that Waikato network of people to go north to Auckland. Um, let's, I'm just, let's wait and see. Um, a lot of people, times. Yeah. I love that point, Jonathan. I think it's a great point that, uh, you know, you, you have to appeal to different ethnicities in, in this, in football. You see it in America, you know, the biggest games are Mexico, USA, mostly with more Me Mexican fans, even though they're in America. I mean, they're, they're a huge money-making thing. In the NWSL, you have uh, many of the clubs are bilingual, particularly who are down towards the, the border, and that's great. Um, and, you know, just tapping on the entirety of New Zealand um, in, in football. Now, the South Island's pissed, right? You know, 
<laughs> they're like they don't have anywhere to play. That's the big problem with the South Island, I think. <laughs> and final yeah. comment about the uh, Auckland team for me. Um, they, 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 they said they would either play at Nelsona or North Harbour, so that's interesting. Oh, and a lot of people said that they would support both for the other thing. So, interesting. Um, anything else? Are we good? I'm off to the Newcastle game on the weekend. I'll uh, probably okay. be there by myself. <laughs> you can be outside. Oh, fuck it then. Yeah. You're going to be like the little dot of yellow? <laughs> you might have to be. Dolly will be there. Dolly will be there. Nigel, Nigel, no, mate. It's just a man and a sheep. Yep, that's all right. Just a a typical South Island evening. (laughs) Um, On that note, we will talk about it next week. And uh, we'll see you on the uh, show next week. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And we'll see you on the next one.